just recorded a podcast, you know, um, before I came on here. Recorded with a gentleman by the name of Ray Richardson. He's been a longtime member of the media up in uh, in the Minneapolis area, St. Paul, Minneapolis area. He wrote for uh, St. Paul Pioneer Press, covered all the major sports up there. But he's also been a member, uh, uh, you know, he's really been an active member in the community. And he actually knew George Floyd. He was, uh, he helped him out uh, in the, through a CDL uh, license program that uh, he was helping run, Ray Richardson was helping run it. And, uh, you know, George Floyd came to that program looking for assistance in getting the CDL. So I think, I guess, I, I think it, it came out in some way. I can't remember that he was uh, an aspiring truck driver. But, uh, you know, uh, Ray tells a story about how that came about and, uh, you know, what George was like as a man and everything. And, you know, there's some good stuff, man. Y'all want to listen to this. So, uh, you know, uh, it'll be up soon on War on Anchor, as will this. And, um, yeah, just uh, really check that out. We had a great talk about what's going on up there in Minneapolis, Twin Cities area. What's what's it been like to live there? Ray has lived there since 1990. He's a Chicago native. But he, uh, you know, came up in the journalism game and got a, a great spot in uh, St. Paul. And, you know, he's, you know, sort of retired from that now, but he's uh, done a lot up there and, uh, you know, really uh, really knows what he's talking about when it, when it comes to that area of the, of the, of the world. But, uh, yeah, as far as what's going on down here, man, Chicago, uh, a lot of wild shit. Uh, I, I saw somebody compared to, uh, you know, he's talking about the weather, too, because it's hot now. Hottest day of the year so far, 90, 90 plus degrees, 93 exactly uh, on the on the mark right now. And um, oh, that was a little while ago, like an hour or two ago that I saw on TV. But, uh, yeah, it's hot. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you think about this heat and civil unrest, you know, social unrest is uh, – comparable to do the right thing because of course I think I say it's the most significant movie to be released in my lifetime you know that was a movie that you know certain certain white people thought would cause riots of other in and of itself when it came out back in 89 of course that wasn't the case wasn't the case with that goofy joker movie either and uh but you still got some fools dressing up like like Joker, living out some of their fantasies, Joker, Batman, whoever, whatever. But, uh, yeah, what's going on here? A lot of the same, man. I I was out earlier. I was at a, at a little uh, community store that I guess hadn't, that, you know, looked like that hadn't been uh, ran into. They kind of uh, looked like they hold it down in that particular store, but people's coming in and out. And, you know, we people ain't thinking about no COVID stuff right now. Yeah, Matt, you saw masks, but people just stand and we'll have have a distance they want to stand for each other. Now. But that was it. But talk, it was talk about people getting shot up on Forty Seventh Street, which is a street that I know quite well. I lived right off of that for a while, and uh, you know, I was a few blocks, just a few blocks north of that 
at the time. So there's people saying, you know, people get sh people got shot in the street today, and you know, police presence is still very, uh, you know, strong in in particular areas where there's where there's commerce, like Forty Seventh Street stuff, and you know, also areas that got hit hard by the rioting. Uh, you know, Fifty Fifth, another area that I'm close by. Uh, you know, had the mall up there by the uh, expressway, Dan Ryan Expressway. They had a uh, news conference there this afternoon, uh, earlier this afternoon, maybe morning. But uh, people are really trying to, I guess, civic leaders are really trying to get across every what they're trying to get across about. You know, don't do this, don't do that. I think stuff is petered out already. You know, really, I mean, how many nights do you get a straight-up crazy riding, you know, for any situation? You know, Minneapolis, you know, I talked to Ray. Ray said it's been pretty calm under the past day or two because they've done what they already were going, what they felt they needed to do. You know, you can only burn so much. You can only break into so much. You know, then you move on. That's, to me, that sort of, that sort of, under, you know, underscores, the futility of doing that stuff, but you know, it could be effective as a as a visceral statement. But in the end, what is it gonna get you? It's not gonna get you that in and of itself ain't gonna get you reform that you want, you know. But uh, you know, what's up, Demise? Because one half of Dean Davis looks like he's joined. Let's get some other folks in here, man. Let's, you know, we want to talk. You know, uh, do a do a uh, comment if you like, or uh, you know, if you really want to. You know, I could I could bring you in if you really got something you want to say or get across. Make sure people don't miss it. All right, and uh, yeah, just uh, like I say just sitting here talking about the day's events. I think uh, Mayor Lightfoot is going to have a uh, press conference, they said, in, uh, in coming up at 6.30. And I'm interested to see what she's going to say because though the early reports have been that they're still planning to go ahead with this partial opening of business here in the city, which, you know, was kind of more needed than ever right now because of this unexpected closes that's occurred in, uh, in response to the, the looting. So it's like, you know, there was some tough. There's some tough stories out there. I've, I've seen one report already about a business up on 47th that you know I never, I didn't go in there, but I I passed it all the time when I lived in that area. Uh, you know, young black woman owned a business. She was talking about how talking about how excited she was to open up on Wednesday, knowing that June 3rd was going to be the day that businesses go like hers can open again. But then Sunday comes and you know, uh, the everything is burned down. Actually, they burned down, they burned up, burned up the uh, villa store that's right next to her. That's the store that I have been into. And the villa, the fire from the villa store caught onto her, her, build, her building. And actually, uh, business is pretty much down for the count now because, you know, of what went on Sunday, man, it's just, you know, I'm not going to judge completely. I understand everything that's going on. But, you know, I just think 
it helps to be thoughtful, man, and respectful of your community. You know, sh shit may be fucked up in it, you know, but it's it's being controlled by forces that are outside you. I think Namaz is going to join us. It's being controlled by forces that are outside of the community, and they they don't have the investment in the community. That's why we call these communities divested, and they're 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 already divested, and they that's going back to decades before when they've been previous riots and uprisings, and the the communities haven't recovered from '68. So now we're putting more on these communities and it's just like, you know, as, as, as the mind joins me, you know, if you want to, you want to jump off of what I'm on, what I'm saying, man, I think uh, you have a similar way of thinking about it. Yeah. What's up? Cuzzo? Uh, what's up school B love you too, bro. Uh, shout out to school. Shout out to you, boy. Love you too, man. Um, yeah, I was uh, over by your way uh, a little bit yesterday. Um, I wanted to try to get out and try to help the community and um, just like help with the cleanup or whatever. So I started off here at South Shore, and uh, that was taken care of. I only go, I only go doing my lunchtime. So um, I was able to uh, go over to seventy first ride by Jeffrey. Let me change the light because I'm blacker than you right now. I don't know how I'm blacker than you. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, no, I'm just, I'm just playing. Uh, um, but went over there, but then I went over to 47 College Grove. Shout out to Jacob Golf, so I'm over there. But then we went over, then that was straight. Then we went over to 55th and Whitworth, right with Dan Ryan. We couldn't get inside there. I, I guess whoever owns it, the plaza locked it off. And I don't know if anybody got in was coming out. That was something. Then I went back over like the 46 in Indiana. And then they were straight over there. So I had to get back because I had to get back to the end. You know, I'm working for the crib, but I had to get back home. But uh, one thing I will say, what was kind of interesting, I don't know, maybe this is kind of like what we're seeing on uh, on the news via social media or actual, you know what I'm saying, 257-32 up here in Chicago, Channel 9. Yeah. Uh, I thought it would have been a lot worse than what I saw. Now, no doubt, I saw some spots that would hit pretty hard. Sure. Uh, yeah, I also saw some spots that had their black owned and wasn't touched. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was just like jewels over over here. I'm out southeast on uh, Stony Island. That got touched. Uh, a few of the spots got touched. They say but 71st ain't that bad, is it? 71st. They say 71st ain't that bad, is it? Yeah, I was trying to get down to 71st in Jeffrey, but I don't know if it was just the traffic because people was out. Maybe they're trying to, you know what I'm saying, go help. I don't know. Or well, it was construction. I don't know what was happening, but I couldn't get to 71st in Jeffrey. Cause they have that new grocery store up there, and but I heard that it didn't didn't really get tough. I'm not for sure. I, I ain't gonna lie. I, I'm not for sure what happened down there. Yeah. But um, but no, man. You know, it it, it was as far as people people out there. You know, what I'm saying seeking seeking to try to take advantage of what's happening. Basically, opportunists. Um, I think a lot of people got to look at things at a at a higher level. You know what I'm saying? Because of kind of like no. Yeah, nobody wants to see any small mom and pop shop get vandalized, burned, burned down, whatever like that, right? You don't want to see that. And anybody to get caught, in my opinion, I don't know where the hell the police was at. I know they was up north marshalling folks when we had nobody back on the west side and south side of Chicago. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There was a um, bunch in Old Town on I, Sunday night. You that's see, what I'm saying. And, that's what I'm saying. But I'm driving down, I'm driving down Snow Gallon, coming back 
come back home and I see a cat on a pickup truck with an AK-47 protecting mm. this joint. And that's something that we should not have to see at all. But at the same time, I understand what uh, what the dude's doing, right? Yeah. So yeah. You, have, yeah you have to look at it at a bigger, at a, at a higher lens, at a higher, at a higher landscape, right? And it's kind of like, man, folks, uh, folks out here starving. positive things that you could look at with all this is it's undeniable that more people across the spectrum of our society understand yeah. what's at stake yeah. now than that's ever been. You know, yeah. we're talking about white people or people of all races and people all know races. people know that this is a combined this has to be a combined effort and that we have to prioritize the protection of black life because black life has been set aside in a dangerous way that really nobody could compare to except the Native Americans. And exactly. and we let yeah. the we let that population grow, go to a dwindle when uh-huh. and and because of uh, you know just horrible things that happen to them and we don't want the same thing to happen to black folks and it shouldn't. It should not happen. And you know I I I, I think like I say that's that's the good thing about it. This is people everybody across the country all races they're on this now, but we just we have the leadership that is still antagonist. We have, you know, we have just we have this police structure code that they still haven't breakthrough yet. We still haven't seen what's going to happen with Chauvin and the other officers in Minnesota. Will they really be 
prosecuted to the fullest extent and brought to justice. If because if they're not, right, right, then we may have another big blow up. So it's exactly, and, and that's what I was talking about. It's almost to the point of it's almost to the point of uh, it's like like I said before, almost getting like sensitized to it. Yeah, I think I think the one thing people got to understand is this: all this is happening over the lack of humanity and the lack of consequences. Yep. There has been no humanity shown to black people since we got here. Have you seen sparks of it? Have we come further than what we once was? Ain't no, ain't no doubt about it, right? But you still had that lack of humanity. And then on top of that, you have the lack of consequences. And and we see, we still see it. I mean, I want to think I was going to tell you about what happened to me, what happened today. But I have I've been kind of like out of the loop on the news. But I still think those other three officers they haven't been arrested yet. No, they still they still at home chilling. They probably worried. They probably ain't eating. They probably ain't sleeping. But they at home eating. If they can, they at home sleeping. I saw some stuff that said two of them may be out the state. That, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like okay, now we got these cats on the run. These cats ain't the win problem. Yeah. So hey, there goes to that point the lack of. The lack of consequences. All this over. Possibly a fake twenty dollar bill. Right. So, what happened to me today? I uh, I co-moderated a uh, a kind of a company wide town hall in my in my game. Oh, that's already happened. Okay, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my coworker, we it's a African American ER ERG at my at my nine five. My game spike. And um, she asked me, like, hey, you know, the guy who, Jalen, Jalen, he wasn't able, he wasn't available because he's a class in his master. So she's like, can you step in? Do you mind, like, co-moderating with me? And you know I can talk about it. And because, oh, I mean, that's what we do. Right. And I was like, yeah, sure, what's up? Let's go. And I was like, you know, how many people we expecting? And how long can we really get? You know what I'm saying? How brutally honest can we really get? And uh, she was like, I don't know how many people are going to come. But let's try to be compassionate and honest at the same time because we're going to be talking to a lot of people who, and yes, white people, who this is for the first time really hitting them in the face. Like we had a previous ERG meeting because of, and we talked about, it was like the allies were able to come, you know, so people that's not black. Right. And I believe we talked about something about lynchings and seeing pictures of it. And a lot of people that were allies, even some black folks, they were kind of quiet about it, didn't have much to say. But I, but a lot of them had never like really seen seen it, or not just seen it, but you know, say they see it in their history books for like one day or a half a day doing Black History Month. They might hear something about it and then it's gone. Yeah. But one thing I tried to stress to them today is like, look, the reason why you're so upset because you saw a lynching. You saw a mention of a black man in 2020. And that's the reason why you're feeling some way. Mm. And that's a good thing because you shouldn't feel indifferent. You shouldn't feel um, kind of like nonchalant. Like, you know, said, I just go on about my day. That, that's, that, that rocks me. And I think it goes to your point of you looking at this protest and you're seeing 
a lot of people from a lot of different races out there, different races, different sexes out there, kind of standing up for it. So I wouldn't. I didn't know how many people would be there. I was like, shit, okay, maybe about be ten thirty. I think it's like 190 some people that get to get full time. I think like 130, 140. Wow. And stayed all the way That's good. And we got some positive feedback uh, at the end. But I was, I, you know, I tried to be as honest. I, w- I was honest, no doubt. But I didn't want to be brutally honest. I didn't want to go that much like, burn the system down. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to. You're going to be the spook who sat by the door. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I didn't want to go off like that. Oh, shout out to you, Jake. What's up, Jake? Uh, Welcome, Jake. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to. Um, I didn't want to go down that route. You know what I'm saying? But I just wanted to let people know, like, hey, listen, things don't move unless white people hop in. Mm-hmm. Be honest about it with 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 how this country is set up. We need everybody. Pissed off just as much as black folk pissed off. Well, so much, so much of the racial side to cut you off, but so much, so much of the racial discussion historically has been set in the context of what can black folks do about our situation. But our situation, we were put in situation because of white folk. Yeah. So we didn't make this. Yeah. What? Where's? Where does the? Where does the reform really have to start from? Has to start from the white community. Has to start from. The institutions that they put in place that have you no know, mess with us and everybody else for, for hundreds of years. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And I was and I was trying to, I, and I said that too. I'm like, listen, this starts like I'm going to give an analogy, like you know, saying so you can't ask somebody that's in an abusive relationship, they abuse it, like what you gonna do about it? It's like I ain't the one abusing myself. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's not me. And I think I think some people uh are they didn't think about it like that, and they they just they just didn't know. And I kind of I kind of challenged them in a sense, kind of like, so what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do within yourself? What are you going to do within your community to make sure this doesn't stop? And I kept using the word movement. I was like, you see all this kind of kumbaya right now. You see companies out there using hashtag Black Lives Black Lives Matter. But a few years ago, they weren't touching this shit with a 10-foot pole, 100-foot pole. Right. You see folks out, you see cops out here now taking a knee. When they railed against uh, Colin Kaepernick when he took a knee. That's you right. know what I'm saying? Like, it's cool by guy right now, but all right, what happens to athletes? What's the movement after this? I kept, I kept pushing that because I was like, okay, you feel in this kind of way, we need you to keep that same energy to keep this going. Because after this phone call, after this Zoom call ends, all right? I said, these black folks on here, we still gonna be going through it. Yeah. So where you at? You know what I'm saying? So you look- I think it came across good. I think it came across good. I think we had some good feedback from it. And I think the conversation is gonna continue and uh continue. And you know what I'm People's hitting me up like, hey man, listen, that was great. I really appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? I know you said it's not it's gonna be uncomfortable. I'm ready to get uncomfortable. I'm ready to push people that I know that, you know what I'm saying, have these backwards ways of thinking and kind of push them on it. You know what I'm saying? I, like, thank you. I'm like, hey, man, listen, I was just giving my two cents, giving you my experience about what happened, or what happens as living as a black man that we know because of what happens living as a black man in this country and, you know what I'm saying, shining the light on it and uh, trying to see what goes from there. But like I said before, I'm kind of desensitized to it. I just want to see what happens next. Right. 
I'm glad I'm glad that worked out for you, fam. And you know, hopefully you made an impact on, on some people who needed it. And like you say, keep the movement going and keep the the progression going, that uh momentum going when we when we get beyond this, because you may look you look up in a month, it'll be July 4th, and everybody talking about how great America is exactly. and forgetting about what just happened. You know, we can't have that. You know, we got to right. keep it going and, and and get get these things as get these things as installed where where our rights are being uh, reinstated and the people recognize what direction this country really needs to go in. Get that fool out the White House right now, and you know. <laughs> I know you got a lot to say about him. Man, man, man. Listen, listen. One thing I didn't end on the call, end on our discussion was, uh, like, man, listen, democracy is fragile. Yeah. It's, it's a fragile thing, man. If you, I'm like, if y'all haven't been paying attention to what's going on in the news right now, democracy is a, is a fragile thing. And I think a lot of people who have been living comfortable and who are living within uh, the power of their skin, hasn't really recognized it probably until now. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's still some people that still rock with, the, rock with you know what I'm saying, Angel Orange, 45 is still, you know what I'm saying? Everything yeah, they'll still, always right? will be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's still people that rock with them like that, but I think a lot of people now are understanding, like, man, it's it's fragile. It's a fragile thing. And, yep. and we, can't, we can't take it for granted what we have at the same time, we still got to fix what's going on. And we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't put people in leadership positions who lack humanity themselves Absolutely. and lack any type of vision that's that uh, that is aligned with what we want as a population. I think the majority of people want more rights for more people. They want black people to not be victimized by police. But you have this guy who shouts law and order. Uh, on on Twitter and who makes all these moves and who's, who says you got to dominate, you know, you, who, who, what kind of shit is that? You got telling these governors right. that they popul that they yeah. their police got to dominate the pop. Who says that, man? As a, as a president, yeah. you you supposed to be the leader of the free world, man. Hundred percent comes up, and at the same time, you've seen positive images coming out from police across the country. Taking a knee with uh, with their fellow citizens, with their fellow countrymen, like I like, like I like I always say, taking a knee with their fellow countrymen, listening to their fellow countrymen, walking with their fellow countrymen, and then the guy in the White House is saying he's going to unleash the military, unleash the AG, and but but at the same time he's a he's a uh, a proponent of peaceful protest. Yeah. Like if you if you're a proponent of a peaceful protest, you're going to call Colin Kaepernick. Like, no, no, not at all. If, if, if that ain't peaceful to have a dude on one knee and being quiet, I don't know what the hell it is. Yeah. And then, and then on side of that, you actually see, and then you actually see split screen people out protesting in front of the White House, and he's able and he's willing to use tear gas and and the police to push them out at the same exact time, saying, "I'm I'm with." Um, peaceful protest. Yeah. The things, the things don't die. The things don't, they, they don't, they don't, they don't sync up. No. And I, and I, that's what I'm saying. I think people are finally starting to. I think people are finally starting to see, like, oh shit, yeah, 
this is go back to your point, cousin. This dude has no humanity. No, no, no perspective, no empathy. He just—I don't know what. What was he just wanted power? I think, and yeah, and he but did. He always had it, cousin. He's always had it. Listen, it's all the time company. It's been what mom and pop's mom and pop company is ran by him. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So, what do you expect somebody to come in who's never had to answer anybody? Yeah. He's going to keep doing the same thing he's always been doing. He's going to find people who want to match on and want to have that power and make that money. So, like, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and roll with it. It ain't, it ain't affecting me. Yeah. I'm making money. I'm fine. I can put in some laws that I like. I can put some judges, judges that I like. I can put some, you know, sense of policies that I like. I ain't the one out there getting beat in the street. I ain't the one out there getting choked out by a cop. Mm-hmm. I ain't the one out there living hard and living paycheck to paycheck. I'm gonna do it. And you find those people and you put them in. And this is the situation that we're in right now. Yeah. But, but see, he thought, I think he thought that he was gonna come in and be yeah, like a, a pseudo. Uh, uh, what they call what they call a strong man. They used to call that in the in the communist era. You know, he, he was gonna be like he's gonna be able to just bully through everybody and and install make America into this playground of his and his cronies that he sees fit. This place where he could get paid off a thing. He could get his he could get even more money than he gets. You know, having uh you know diplomats from other countries stay at his hotels because they want to they want to please the president yeah, you know yeah. all that underhanded shit that we've gotten used to him seeing him do and all that is child's play though when you when you look at him being put in a real situation which is has been the case over and over in 2020 and he's shown that he lacks any type of capability to lead it's been it's been it's been in my face for 38 years. And that's very, very true. And it's been like that, honestly, since we got here. Yeah. It is is the way you can see it and how people interact with, online with with when you know you, you argue and stuff with certain people and they're like you, you try to just to state that you know black people are being systematically oppressed by the police and by whatever. But then they say, oh, white people get uh, uh, oppressed too. Well, black people get murdered at a, a higher rate than anybody else by the police. But white people get murdered too. So you, why are you arguing about what rate the black people get argued? You know what pe- what rate that black people get murdered at? You're, you're you're saying also that white people get murdered too. Okay, so both things are happening. Why aren't you fighting that too? Why aren't you? Why why are you? Yeah, just just fight the fact that people get murdered, no matter who it is. But you you you're so used to things being a certain way, and you you a step and a lot of, a lot of these folks aspire to be in this in a position where they can meet out this injustice as well. They want to be they 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 want to be policemen. You you see these cats who, who come to the protests. And, yeah. and and bulletproof vest and, and AKs and stuff. You ain't a policeman, motherfucker. What are you How doing are you out here? Not getting arrested? How the hell are they walking around like this? This is cosplay. Yeah. Walking to a protest and the police just let them go. Yeah. And that's what and that's one thing I was trying to stress too when I and I uh, team called. It's kind of like what you're seeing right now. Okay, you saw the lynching of George Floyd, right? Okay. Still. In the streets, while people are protesting, 
people are still brutalizing. The peaceful processes are still getting the shit kicked out of them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But listen, what we see a few weeks ago, like last month, cats are walking up to to state houses, strapped like they about to go overseas, like they about to get deployed. Like they they ready, ready to nothing, go to war. Nothing happens. Nothing. Cosplay, cosplay with real weapons, and nothing happens. And then people wonder why. You know what I'm saying? Black folks are going crazy. Yeah. And like, dude, it's the lack of consequences. And it's the and it's the and and the uh just some of the fact that people aren't treated equal. It's it's so common, it's so base level, but it has so many different layers. It's just and all this shit is happening during, during a global pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, even, I can't even go outside and touch nobody. <laughs> <laughs> right. All you can do is go out and shoot somebody. At least you could do that social distancing. <laughs> man. It's so good, man. It's, it's, I've said it a thousand times to us. Because of the times we live in, man. If, we can, if, only, if only our grandparents were still here to see this shit. Your, your grandmother, my grandfather. Yeah. Sisters, if they were alive right now, man, to see this shit. See us to how far we've been and, and, and where we are. Yeah, it's 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 a song. I put it on the playlist recently, man. It's called "Still Remains." It says, "Why should I have to fight? Like, why should I have to take the racism that my grandmama took?" You know, it's this just it's sad, man. And it's, it go it's it's everywhere, man. I want to speak to a couple more things before we get to the top of the hour. If you if you want to stay with me, man. But I, I think I, I think too about the stuff that's going on. This this intra-violence between the blacks and the browns right now in Chicago. And it's, it, that's the same thing too. Like we, like it, all that stuff goes back to distrust that's been and, and, and violence that's been established amongst us, you know, you know, while the devil is happy playing off somewhere else, he can look at the communities, be they little village, uh, or uh, you know, uh, you know the West Side over there. You know, people are, are shooting at each other, trying to keep each other out of each other's neighborhoods because they're scared of each other. And yep. and it is so that's nothing that even has it has to do with society and what was established and put into us by society. But it's 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 like a self cleaning oven when you look at. The racists out there, they could look at, at at what we're doing to each other and say, you know, we ain't got we you know we could take we could let that roll down the hill as it is and do the work for us. How about the cats that's coming in? I don't care what group they with, what organization they with, all left or all right, I don't care. Coming in, vandalizing and the dip. Yeah. Yeah, don't even don't go to that neighborhood any other time. They don't frequent the businesses support the community at any other time. They but when they see a chance to destroy and vandalize, they take a full advantage of it. And, and there's been plenty of messages around social media from police officers saying like, "This is not the Black Lives Matter movement. 
that mm. I've been working with for the past couple of years. This is something different. And I was calling it out too as it was happening. And as we said before the top of the top of this, man, listen, I am so happy to see so many people of different races out there. At the same time that I was watching it last week, I don't know what it was, I don't know if it's generational cousin, and I talked about this on the on the flip. I was like, someone speaking to my black soul. <laughs> I was like, there's a lot of white people out there. I was like, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah. But at the same time, it's kind of like, this isn't typical. This isn't the same. And then the poor start coming out, like you have outside agitators. And we've seen plenty of people grab these guys, stop them from giving... I don't know if you saw the video of a woman walking up to a car and handing a brick back in the car. It's like, why are you giving these bricks to these young black men to go over there and throw into this building? Mm. Or why are you coming over here setting fire to stuff? Like, you don't live here. You're not from here. You're not a part of the positive movement that we are trying to do. What are you doing here? Mm. And now reports are coming out left and right saying like, yeah, white nationalists are putting up messages on their social media boards or websites saying they go to these different cities and loot and destroy and what are they doing they're breaking out windows breaking out or uh, breaking into stores and then you have and it's, i don't want to seem as if i'm condoning it but then you have people who possibly are down there marching who have no other opportunity to get this stuff mm-hmm. so what are you going to do now you're going to start it and it's kind of like what, uh, what did they, no, uh, well, I forgot who said that. It was like, gotcha. Gotcha, bitch. And they sit back and they laugh and get into the cars and drive off and not going to make no sense to whoever they, whoever they Right. So it's kind of like, we can't fall, we can't fall for the okie doke. Not at all. It's, it's Don't fall for the okie doke and the risk is not working. I understand the position that some people are in, but you do have some people just like, oh shit, I'm about to get a call up right quick. Get that. Those people should be dealt with, right? Law enforcement, lock them up. Whatever crime they committed, boom, go ahead, throw the book in, right? All right, fine. But you do have some people out there that's struggling that's going to do what they got to do to survive. So many different places. Right. We should try our best to help those brothers and sisters and try to, you know, whether whatever acts that they committed already, just try to let them see that in the end, we got to clean this stuff up and we got to yeah. we got to rebuild. You know, it's Man. on us. That was the one thing I stressed too in the meeting. Um, and for my gig, I'm like, listen, everybody, everybody talking about. So, what can I do? What can I do? I'm like, hey, listen. Well, what can I, what what can the job? What can the company? Do? I'm like, listen. Okay, yeah, wherever that happens, I'll go now. But what can you do individually? Lead the north side, get in your car, and drive to the south side and the west side, and, 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 and shop at some of these black owned businesses, black and brown owned businesses. Right. We're accepting. We're accepting. We'll offer you with open arms. You want to do something like you want to do, you want to give back, go to a business, shop somewhere that's black owned, brown owned, and you, and I, and I, and I kind of, and I kind of laid it out for them, like, listen, by you going there shopping there, what are you doing in that family who owns that business? You helping put money in their pocket yet. You're also possibly want to give them uh, uh, economic power to what? Help their children have a better uh, future, education, health care, different resources, able to help, able to hire other, other people. That's you know saying in the community, right? You know, saying get money into their community, have taxes. That what's that's going to do? That's going to uh, enhance their school system. There's their uh, the school system in their in their communities. Like you can do stuff on your own 
You don't have to wait until the hashtag come out. You don't got to wait until to see what links pop up if you can donate $25 seat. No, get out, get in your car, or get a lift or Uber. Be the north side, be the suburbs, come into the cities where black and brown people own businesses, and shop there. Right. And just hang out. Just hang out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just when there's a when there's a street festival south of 26th Street, don't be don't be like, oh, I can't do that. Just come go. and hang out and see. High Park is the only cool spot on the south side. And we both love High Park. <laughs> yeah. But it's a lot. It's a lot. And I miss not having the roof or the silver roof block parties. Yes. Some are going to be dead. But it's other things that can. That's going to happen, not this year because of COVID, but there's other things that happen within the community that you can go to and you can, and you can support. And then what? You won't have so many people out there taking a risk to loot something to get by. Hey, it, that goes a long way in long way. seeing people's humanity and seeing and, and having that connection with people that goes beyond what you see on the news and seeing all. It doesn't have to, your empathy doesn't have to kick in when you see a black man die in the street by the hands of police. Your empathy should be there because you could you could be around black folks all the time and, and be able to kick it with us and enjoy life with us and do 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 good things with us, you know, be through live life with us for real instead of just looking at it from afar. You know, I, I talk, you know, before, I, I want to ask you, I want to go into the, the, the blackout Tuesday thing right quick, but you know, I, I was talking to I had a good talk with a, a, a couple interaction. I say with a friend of mine, going back to you know my school days, and since I was in seventh grade, I've gone to school every day with white folks and Mexicans and people of all type of races. And I I know you identify with that too with your school coming you know my high school, yeah man. going on brother Rice, but you know but I I I, I told my man Luke I was like man because Luke is a down dude. He's been arguing with with right-wing cats online and shit and he's been holding it down but uh you know he he gets it as a white dude he gets it and as a black dude i told him man i think about it often i got to learn what it was like to really be in america before i went off to school a lot of us we don't know shit about living in america because before we go off to college or before we get 18 because we spend our primary education just around black people and then we we don't we you know going to school every day dealing with dealing with uh you know white kids dealing with Mexicans dealing with Latin kings <laughs> trying to get home and not be jumped by some Latin kings which is the case for me and a lot of my brothers we we understand what it's like to be in this in this country and be hunted as black men yeah. and be thought of as threats because we just well, who we are so. Yeah. Is that was that was bad too, but the good was being able to interact and have friends who I still are friendly with to this day. And you know, I know a lot of people, you know, Tony talks about it a lot, seeing people in new light that he grew up with, you know, and, and it's unfortunate. I, I'm fortunate to say that the people who I've really remained connections with from high school and stuff, they've been mostly cool. A lot of them. They pretty much get what's going on with black folks, and and they speak out about it, and they hold us down. But uh, you know, it's but it's it's rough that you know so many of our generations still don't get it, and they but but a lot of it was passed down to them, 
and it was instilled in them by their folks and stuff like that. And that's why racism is just so insidious. You know, it, that shit just keeps living. It, it, this is there's a strain of it that just keeps on, uh, you know, infesting us. You know, no matter how m- much each generation fights on. You know. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, man, it's man, it's it's just so many so many layers to it, man. I'm just happy to see that people are, you know, what I'm saying, starting to wake up. Oh, what's up, what's up, uh, Lucky? What's up, Heather? Yeah, what's um, up, man? Thanks for joining. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to uh, I'm just happy to see people are starting to wake up. That's the biggest thing for me because I'm, I'm I'm happy to see people are starting to wake up and. I'm happy to see that people are willing to um, challenge themselves to be uncomfortable to also wake up other people. Right. That's the important thing. Each one teach one. Man. And yeah, we gotta no keep doubt, no doubt. Gotta hey, keep so that wanna, what's up with the blackout too? Well, I just wanted to go into that, you know, because uh, like I said, I'm gonna do this for about an hour. Thanks, thanks for all y'all who joined us. And let's let's yeah, keep it here, let's keep it moving. I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, at six o'clock, but uh, yeah, just I it, the shit seemed funny to me from the beginning, but I, I I know it's it's been good and a lot of people have expressed themselves today. I just didn't I just didn't understand, you know, even before they hipped us to the whole thing about the the trend on IG, I was like I just didn't understand why you would want to shut out yourself from social. I understand perfectly want to step away from social media. I do it every day. At some point, I just have to yeah. get away. But we need to speak. We need to keep speaking to each other and 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 uh, informing each other as best as we can right now. It doesn't make sense at this point to shut down social media for a day. And I, yeah, you know, I, I just didn't understand that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Like, like I said, Heather just hopped on and she has her podcast. Uh, in the thick, and uh, right. her, we had him on uh, D&A, so d and Flip, and I want to get more people voices out, you know what I'm saying, it's, it's cool, it, it, it is cool to do the blackout thing, you know what I'm saying, and uh, and try to bring awareness to it, or whatever like that, but we need, we need more people out there uh, expressing their point of view, sharing their stories about what's happening to them in their life, and you never know who, you never know who might be listening to you. I remember when we was doing the show down at the school, and I forgot who we had on. And I mean, this is maybe like a year or two because of when we was doing the show. And I remember somebody was like, hey, y'all keep doing what y'all doing. You're pretty good. You never know who's listening. Right. And after that, we've, from the website, weareregret.com, to all the podcasts we've done, all the shows we've done, we've been able to grow immensely. Because people have been listening and people have given us a shot, and I think we've done a really good job at it. So yeah. I, I want people to utilize their platforms and get and and express yourself. You know what I'm saying? Because you never know who you might touch in a positive way, as far as sparking an idea or sparking some type of thought that's provoking. And they might be able to reach back out to you and be like, damn, you know what? I saw you on IG Live. I saw you and Kyle on IG Live and y'all was talking. It was kind of like, you know what I'm saying, something hit me like that. And it stuck with me. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I'm all for people utilizing their platforms. And I'm all for people expressing themselves 
because you never know who might be listening to. Yeah, and that's what we we got. We we've always tried to do that with Regal, you know, put on other put on voices that have been ignored or, you know, uh, put to the side in whatever fashion, and that need to be you know that we feel need to be highlighted. And you know, we we try to do that. You know, we try to at a time like this where there's actual functional information, you know, because I, I have my journalism background, so it's like I always feel a need to want to get information out there that functions well for people and that people can use to better themselves and, you know, just be better informed. And, you know, we put up stuff, uh, images, of, you know, about cleanups and stuff, you, you know, like like the cleanup you involved in the South Shore and others on the South and West Side. So this, that's that enough is a reason. And anything that, you know, most things, I should say, some some are just, you know, people front stunting online too, but you know, yeah. what we have a we have a hashtag like Black Lives Matter that's made such a difference. You don't want to play with that. And you know, to just put up yeah. just put up a blank, you know, blackness <laughs> around that and have that be all that trends for that topic, that's not gonna work. You know, Black Lives Matter as a hashtag should work as a funk as a as a place where people could get needed information, especially at this time. So just yeah, so, oh. so you are hundred percent right. Yeah. I mean, you gotta have you gotta have some movement behind the word. You gotta have a movement behind uh, some action behind the movement, you know what I'm saying? You putting up a, a black spot on your profile page or whatever like that, or you know, saying you're doing a hashtag. Yeah. All right. You down for it? This is the thing too, because now we see people who down for it, you put the hashtag. Now we know we count we we count me. I'm not not we we watch you, put it like that, we watch you. Right. So the next thing that happened to pop off, where you at? Yeah. Show true. I had some conversation with some people and it was like, Man, Joe, I um I thought some people were would reach out to me or would um you know say understand what's happening and I ain't heard from. And I'm feeling some kind of way. Mm. So now we see people out there throwing up the hashtag. Okay, I see you. I see you. So next time something pop off, when you see something and you don't say nothing, what's up? You know what I'm mm. saying? This we just can't do this as a we just can't do this as a as one race or a group of people, black or brown people. We just can't. Man, this, we all countrymen. We all countrymen. We gotta do it together. Mm. I see somebody put a comment. That yeah, shout. That's Farouk. Shout out Farouk. Oh, yeah, for real? Yeah, good, real good question there, man. It's, uh, he says, how do y'all balance unbiased journalism with being black men? Because I'm struggling, shaking my head. And Farouk, you know, works up there at CBS Radio. I, I can understand. But see, that's the thing. You work in that corporate structure, you yeah, that's you do have to balance. I ain't got to balance shit because I got my own platform. So I, I, ain't, I, ain't, I'm, I ain't unbiased. I'm biased in the motherfucker. <laughs> you know where I'm coming from. Wherever I say some shit, but at but at the same time, there is a I think there's a more, there's a more freedom for the average black person in the industry nowadays than there ever has been because people understand again that everything is wrong. That so much is wrong. We gotta we gotta allow latitude to our to these reporters who uh, who understand this experience better than anyone else. But go ahead, cut. But I, but I think it goes to the point because we talked about it before. Don't block out your, don't turn off your, um, 
your social media platform. Right. I mean, they really use it. All right. You won't let me express myself this way. I'm going to remove myself from that structure to understand. I mean, I, I know it's walking a tightrope. I get that. I know it's walking a tightrope. But I want you to understand that I'm going to speak on it. I'm going to speak on these uh, these uh, situations, these topics somewhere else. You know, I, I, I understand that. I do understand that. But I think as long as you're, as long as your morals and your humanity are in check, yeah. people know where you're coming from, people will rock with you. And, and, and people, people will rock with you. You can, you can voice your opinion and you can be blunt. Right. But I think if people know that your humanity and your morality, or your morals, I'm sorry, your humanity and your morals are in the right place, and bias can exist. Bias can exist with objective criticism and journalism. It's, it it can't it they, it can exist because if something is wrong, you can you can speak that is wrong. If you if you if you're telling the truth, if you're not using facts to to uh to the twist the story around to twist, but as long as you're working within the truth. I think you're fine as as a journalist. It, that's that's the you know if if I can confirm my sources and confirm the information that they bring to me, then I I have every leg to stand on. You know I can't you know and and like I said, people know right from wrong. People know what's right and what's wrong. What's wrong is what happened to George Floyd. What happened to the I, I try to remember all the names. The late the young the young lady. And that's just been oh, multiple, Brianna yeah, Brianna Taylor in, in Louisville. There've been multiple stories in Louisville. Now they they going wild there, yeah. but yeah. Uh, everywhere with all these stories, there's a is a clear right and wrong to these situations. And as journalists, we we're free to speak to that, whether on our, our personal platforms or within our uh, our bosses that we may have. If we if if our bosses won't let us speak to that, then they shouldn't be our bosses. So get your own platform. As yes. Said, we have a website. We have our shows. We have a podcast. Listen, we get wild in the end. They just flip. But, but the other people understand that we just have fun. But I think people understand that Ken and I, how he's on there. You know, one of our first producers, uh, Ryan. We have and we have a, a diverse uh, team too. Right. I think they know where we're coming from, and uh, and and I think that I think that helps. So you know, it's I, I understand what you're saying. I, I do get it, but you know what I'm saying. I think right now, as long as you uh, stand true to yourself, you stand true. You stand true to the facts. I think. You tell 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 them to holler at me. Bring some more black folks up in there, and then we can get along better. <laughs> get get go holler at me. Holler. There's a lot of brothers out here who could who could add to the diversity up there. And uh, they they in Prudential, ain't they? They still in Prudential. Everybody can see y'all on IG. <laughs> What are they? What they doing? Um, yeah. Hey, hey it's like y'all just dancing around, like y'all didn't know y'all black for a moment or something. <laughs> no, they upstairs. I think we learned to shoot the movie. So Grace, so during this quarantine, Grace has um, uh, began to write uh, movie scripts. Oh wow! Yeah. So I'm the editor, also an actor, and so is Chanel. And uh, she's been writing movie scripts. Okay. And uh, we have to shoot a scene. What's the name of the new movie, Grace? Fail. The name of the movie is Fail. Okay. I am the principal. What's my name? Principal Charlie. And Principal 
first one. <laughs> Super Charlie. <laughs> your grandfather. You a grandfather of the first one? Y'all gotta put y'all better put that up on YouTube, man. Yeah, I mean listen, as Chanel keeps saying, like we're gonna keep all these scripts, we're gonna keep these movies so she become a famous uh, film director. You know what I'm saying? We always talk about, yeah, we uh she has her behind the scenes. Yeah, when Grace has her behind the scenes and we old or whatever like that, like, yeah, I shot Grace's movie on my iPhone 10 when it's like the iPhone 50 out or something like that. They about to boot us off, cuz man. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, thanks all y'all who joined us. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. for the next wartime session. Much love, y'all. Keep it peace, man. Protect yourselves. Protect others, man. Let's uh, keep keep building. Uh, see y'all. About to go. Bye. Just keep your head, keep your hands to yourself, as Cuzo said. IG cut them off there, but uh, yeah, that's it for this second one time session. Went a lot better than the first. Thank y'all, uh, everyone who stepped, who uh, joined us for that. Definitely thank the big Cuzo. The minds always uh, available to listen to him and Ken and the guys. Dear Davis, the best show in my opinion, best sports show. It's the best talk show in Chicago. But, uh, yeah, that's fam. And, uh, yeah, we're going to keep at it, man. Another wartime session Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Uh, listen to that. Listen to this. Listen to my talk with Ray Richardson. Uh, you know, all that's available. War on Anchor, y'all. We keeping it going. Fighting through the darkness, y'all. All right? Talk to you later.